are you mates welcome once again to episode six of the sports cap episode six already how good i know it's rolling on time flies when you're having fun um first things first as usual pal what hat do you got on i have my frio dockers hat on today the afl season kicks off tomorrow and hoping for a big one from the boys out west in the purple and white bit of redemption um yeah so throwing the support behind them today with with the the dockers cap how about yourself pal and i'm sticking with formula one this week it's also the first round of the formula one i've actually got my red bull hat on um, but not in support of red bull and I've got a Rick old Ricardo hat, but I'm actually tipping Red Bull to not go as well this year. I think they've had a big focus on Verstappen winning a championship and maybe the development of the new car under the new regulations um, hasn't had a lot of time and look in. So I'm tipping them to lose the title this <gasps> year, which maybe not, maybe not a big thing with Lewis Hamilton still being strong in Mercedes, but... I don't know, I might even throw a roughie in there and uh, say Carlos, Carlos signs at 17 to 1. Yeah, we spoke about this a little bit about this before, that Ferrari are a bit of a dark horse. If they can get things right, they've been pushing, their drivers are fantastic. They're, they're in a real chance if the car can hack it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just think it usually when we have these sort of bigger changes, you you get a new team that, comes up into the fight and I think Ferrari's been a little bit quiet uh, the last couple of years so maybe they've been putting their focus on the new adjustments that needed to be made and developing uh, something something special so I don't know it's a roughie but jump on it it's paying well um, this weekend Ryan what an interesting week of footy we had round one a lot of surprises we were sitting looking at our tipping sheet and at uh, I think we were, we were one and five, <laughs> um, which, but then I also Fantastic. saw a, a, a meme on the, online saying, if you're not zero and five, you don't know shit about footy. So I think everyone was in the same boat, but what, a, what an interesting first round. It was a, a great meme you must have seen there, my friend. Mm -hmm. No, it's, um, I couldn't believe it, you know, watching the, the first few games and seeing those scores and, Watching my beloved Roosters get not necessarily put to the sword, but not <laughs> not showing up against the Knights uh, killed me inside. But what do you do? You you get up and you try and win where you can. Uh, we actually went three from four in our public bets. That so that was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't yeah. wasn't exactly smooth sailing, uh, but we got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was good. Uh, the, yeah, the Knights were a little bit shaky there. Um, the, not the Knights, sorry. The Storm were a little bit shaky. Um, had a horrible, horrible start, but then uh, Jerome Hughes got everything together in the second half and powered the Storm over um, over the Tigers there. The Tigers looked good, you could say, um, but maybe the Storm just weren't ready in the first half and then the big injury to Brandon Smith right at the start of the game maybe threw out the balance a little bit. Um, yeah, and then you've got... How good was... Doggies. Sorry, just before you go, you go on, uh, Bellamy saying that, you, you know, all of the whole halves of the Storm are all fullbacks. Munster was a fullback. Jerome Hughes was a fullback. And obviously Pappenhausen... Uh, Nico Hines last year was a fullback and then moved into the halves. And Bellamy has apparently said, you know, we don't, I don't remember why we put him into the halves, but it was a bloody good decision. And uh, Jerome replied, this is on social media, because uh, Pappenhausen took my job. So, <laughs> uh, but oh, man, he played so well. And I think he, he's a, if, if you want to get on any early, early money for, you know, halfback of the year or an early maybe Dally M, he could be right there uh, with, you know, injuries to other key halfbacks throughout the year. We know Cleary's not starting. 
Uh, Cherry Evans wasn't great round one. You know, he he's there. He's playing well. Yeah, definitely. It's a big call. But, man, he's been solid for years. He's got to be one of the most underrated players in the league, you would have to say. Um, he's, he's always done the job. He gets the job done and he steps up when they need him to and they needed him last weekend and he certainly put on a show in the second half and just took control, got the job done. Um, yeah, so definitely, man, it's, a, it's not a, a bad look uh, insight going into yeah, Dali M awards, absolutely. Yeah. What did you think of the dogs, mate? Well, they... Um... They didn't impress. They showed some signs of life, uh, but their I think their discipline was lacking. Their a lot of what we spoke about preseason that they had to gel to be able to put some results on the board. And just one instance where you see an Ado Car really barking at his teammates to to get going. It, you know, it's it's not a break when they had a turnover or whatever it was. And I think that's a little bit giving a, an insight into what the team is at the moment. And I, I don't know, we, we had a bit of a chat about this beforehand that were the dogs bad or were North Queensland good? Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. I don't know. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know, mate. It just like, it, it was the, the, a big chemistry factor. Um, you can definitely see that there's plenty of work that needs to be done there um, for them to gel. Uh, I think a lot of people were hoping that they were going to get things together really quickly, but it it, it is going to take time. Um, Burton played well, but I think there's just a, a little bit of chemistry that needs to happen between the, the big three um, to see them going forward and, and just the, taking some chances and, and, and really being able to put put get over the line when, when they've got possession and they've got territory. Um, I think there's just a, a little bit of a lack of finishing, but that so it is every team. Every team has finishing problems usually at the start of the, the start of the year. We saw a lot of it really in round one with a a lot of teams sort of struggling to get the ball over the line. Um, the most exciting game of of it all was Eels and Titans, where there was a lot of points, but otherwise it seemed like a lot of teams were restricted and were struggling to just do the, the getting the last passes or working out the timing to get some some more line breaks going on and um i think the bulldogs were yeah just like everybody else there so it'll be interesting to sit, to watch them and see how it develops but um i think definitely um, proved a lot of people right that they're going to need some time to to get things going in canterbury so we're we're in three or four for the weekend and adding in our um charity shield bet we're currently three for five. We've bet three and a half units, and we're actually just a smidge, point uh, oh or oh point six uh, krona. So that's you couldn't even measure that in unit size. Uh, but I'd, you'd say that we're plus minus zero at this stage after five bets. We're plus up. We're still up, mate. That's that's important. <laughs> we, we take that 0.1% of a krona or a dollar. What must have been five cents? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we take it. It's a good start to round one. We didn't go back. Yeah, we didn't lose all our money yeah. on the first week. <laughs> yeah. Something, something to be proud of is a, a new entrant onto the uh, betting scene. Yeah, absolutely. If you can have a good weekend of footy and put a few bets down and not go back, man, it's a win. And all right, but looking forward, mate, um, is there anything that you that you found interesting in any of the other games, maybe that we didn't bet on? Is there any statistics that you that popped out for you this week? Well, part of our model building and a lot of the stats we've spoken about that player. Central role in winning games, and that's run meters. Uh, and and you could see pretty clearly on the weekend that the teams that had the most amount of run meters generally will win the games. Uh, and I think you know, I was looking at that, and I think it went six from eight this week. It was only the storm had less run meters, and the dogs 
um, of, of the two winners. Otherwise, the other games went six. The other games were the, had the most run meters, you won the game. And we've seen the Panthers were leading stats in, in a lot of different categories and they really shut the, the Eagles out, Sea Eagles out. Uh, and it's the stat lines that we've, we've spoken about and that we're in, uh, including in our models, the, the line breaks, the tackle breaks, the inside 20s uh, tackles, the territory. Uh, it feels pretty good that we're on the right kind of uh, line here. Yeah, absolutely. I dived into it quite a lot um, with the games where we could pull stats, um, especially look having a big focus on um, a, a stat that we've sort of put together a little bit image from American football where you look at how efficient a team is uh, in their offensive 20 and then sa- at the same time in their defensive 20 when they're trying to hold teams out um, and we were able to get stats on six of the eight games and the teams that had a higher red zone points efficiency. So that's where we take the amount of points uh, a team scores to the amount of tackles that they have inside the red zone, inside their attacking 20, um, and divide them by each other to get an efficiency. Um, so uh, five of the six games that we had stats for, the, the team that had the highest red zone efficiency uh, won that game, and the only team that didn't in that was the was the Eels, but they buried the Titans in territory and had, I think it was fifty nine percent territory, so a whole ten percent there. So they did exactly what they needed to do. If the Titans were more efficient in the red zone, they kept them out of the red zone. Um, so that's a perfect model of of what we've been focusing on there. And that's an interesting um, stat because we, we spoke a little bit about as well that it's, I mean, the, the stats on these kind of things in the NRL compared to American sports are almost non-existent. And to try and find out, okay, well, where do, where do teams score their tries from? Because there are teams that are better at scoring tries from outside the 20. And I, I think I remember correctly that Eels are one of these teams that are good at long-range tries. Mm-hmm. Uh but the stats just they're so hard to find and and collate and press in. I, mean, I think you've done a good job here. It's some pretty good numbers coming out. Yeah, they seem very positive to the result. Um, they're backing the result really, really well. Um, you can even yeah look at it from the other side with a team's um, defensive red zone points efficiency, and you see yeah some like some of the different teams that really really struggled this week. Um, even when you like you're looking at the Tigers, uh, you can say that they played really, really well, but their defensive points efficiency was minus 116 percent. So you're looking at the 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 Storm had 12 tackles in the in their offensive 20 and put on 26 points and five tries. Oh my so god! <laughs> it sh- yeah, it really shows that they're struggling to hold out. They their their defense on the line wasn't wasn't very good, so that's quite a big blowout stat there that you might need to look into. They had a lot of ball, the Tigers, and they had a lot of possession and they had a lot of territory, especially in the first half. But as soon as the Storm got a little bit or had any chances, the Tigers' defense wasn't there. So it's an interesting it's an interesting angle to to look at, especially once we start to build um, our stats bank. And you can really start working working these stats against each other where you've got um, some teams that are very, very effective going against teams that are very ineffective at stopping um, teams in the red zone. So it's going to be interesting when we start looking at looking at the books and looking at line differences and margins. And that kind of makes me think a little bit about uh, the coming game this weekend, the South and Storm. Uh, the South were kind of mediocre in their run meters. They were about middle of the pack. Uh, Brisbane were, were just on top of them. Um, the score ended up 11-4 there. Oh, fantastic field goal from Cable. <laughs> what a, yeah, right. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the best field goals I've ever seen, how he yeah, hit the ball. It's like one of, the, one of three second rowers ever to kick a field goal. 
<laughs> what a gun. But he did well under pressure, not expecting the ball and just nailed it. Yeah. But so so South and, and Brisbane are around the mid midpoint for total run meters compared to the the whole NRL. The storm were almost down the bottom. Um how do we kind of compare these two stats, these two numbers of run meters uh, for this coming game, and how do we think they even matter? Do we do we think that if the Storm can increase their run meters against a, a mediocre South, are they going to have a better chance to win? Like we we weight run meters pretty high, um, but I think it's really really tough when you're just looking at at last week's games. We've had we've got one week of data really, um, so I think it's really really tough to to find a difference or to be able to say okay if they if they increase their run meters they're gonna they're gonna win but obviously put if if they're getting meters up then yeah of course you're gonna have a a, a bigger chance to win the the storm had a really low run meters and still ended up winning the game anyway um because it all just depends on territory and chances i think when you're looking at the storm and how effective they were in scoring tries when they got chances. Maybe they're a team that can be a little bit of an exception to the rule. Um, but the Storm anyway usually have fairly high um, fairly high run metres. It was This game was a little bit out of the ordinary for them. But I think, yeah, you're going to find different teams that if you're effective in the red zone and you, you maybe don't need the amount of run metres, you don't need the amount of territory and possession to score tries and score points. Um, but that'll be another statistic that we'll be able to pull once we get a little bit of data. Right. It's gonna. I think that's going to be a good matchup between the South and the Storm and seeing how how these teams that do have quite good stat lines can compete against each other. And it'll it'll be good data for us to to check early on in the the proceedings to say, okay, well, when a team is good at this and good at that, it means this. And it means that, and it's going to be really cool to to feed that into the models and see what we get out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. Yeah, the more the more data we get, and the more we can build, the more interesting it's going to be. Um, but even after one week, I think we've really noticed that uh, these in, these stats that we've got into our models already uh, uh, putting us in the right direction. Have you uh, identified anything for this coming weekend? In, in stat lines that we can jump on top of? I, th- I think the the one stat that I've been looking at, I think this week's really, really tough because there were so many results, I guess, that were against the grain or a- against the tippers and what, what we had, what we thought was going to happen or what maybe previous numbers and previous years have had to happen didn't happen. Um, it leaves us in a little bit of a tough spot because it makes you feel quite uncomfortable when you're checking when you're checking the games for this week. I think it's it's tough to to find a game that you're really comfortable with because you you you're looking at teams that didn't perform as well as we thought they would, and then you've got teams like you said with the Cowboys where you Cowboys and Bulldogs where you're just not sure who was better or who was worse. Um, I think it's. I think it's tough. Um, I, like I was looking, you know, you're looking at Newcastle and the West Tigers and you think, well, West Tigers played well. They control the ball against Melbourne and then you've got Newcastle who who dominated the Roosters um, and also like, played really well. Had a, They also had great goal line defense, which they're absolutely not known for. Um, so all these games make me feel uncomfortable. So... I've been focusing a little bit on uh, St. George Dragons versus Penrith um, and focusing quite a lot there on the on the run meters. Like we said, Panthers put up 1,862 run meters to, to top the league this week um, against Manly, who, although they've had defensive problems, were still a, a top four side last year. Um, so you you wouldn't expect that they would leak so many run meters there, and then you've got the dragons who who leaked one thousand two hundred and ninety five which was pretty much right mid range mid range in in ninth 
um, for leaked meters um, with an average of 1400 meters from each team so I've been I've been looking at that and thinking okay the Panthers dominated a, a fairly strong opponent um, and the Dragons didn't really control the Warriors that well I don't think the Warriors uh, the Warriors looked as we thought the Warriors would look, um, as sort of a mid-range top 9 to 12 team. Um, and the Dragons obviously didn't control them. So I'm, I'm worried for, for St. George in this game, seeing how well the Panthers um, dominated, dominated Manly this week. So I think if the Panthers can control Manly like that, then they're going to destroy the Dragons this week. Panthers are also yeah. three from three, uh, three from the last three against the Dragons, uh, going back to 2019, mm. uh, and they're they're winning by an average margin of almost 15 points. So, I'm I'm thinking that's a, a pretty good. I mean, they were just unstoppable last weekend, and I yeah. I called them as being um, that they didn't have any energy or they looked a little bit you know hungover. Uh, and they definitely proved me wrong. So yeah. uh, it's a good call. I've been looking a little bit at the uh, South and, and Storm game, as I've spoken about quite a bit already on this show, um, and some interesting stats have popped out to me. Uh, we look at where South score their tries, and it's they looking at 2021, 55% of their tries are down their left side. So it's Alex Johnston. Latrell chiming in there, and and they're the best, like the highest percentage in the league of any side or middle. So South score the majority of their tries down the left hand side, and it's by far and away the biggest majority of any team in the comp. Uh, then you you're going up against the Storm, who concede forty four percent of their tries down their right hand side. So the the opposite side to that left-hand attack from the Rabbitohs. Uh, and that's second worst in the league. And you, would, wow. you wouldn't think that the, the Storm would rate anywhere down the bottom in any stat, but they're second worst in the league at allowing tries in that portion. And not only just in that portion, but at 44%, there's no team, only one team that are, are worse than them and allowing a large majority of tries uh, down a single side or the middle. So putting them up against each other, and you look at, you know, Marmalo scored twice uh, down that side uh, against Jennings on the weekend. And now Jennings is out, being replaced by Iremia, who hasn't played this year. So you'd think that it's probably not a, a, a positive for that right edge defence to have Jennings go out and Eremia come in. So I think that's a pretty good stat to jump on, whether you think it's um, that the point total is going to be high or um, that the South could win by, you know, attacking that, that edge with Cody Walker, Latrell being back, uh, Johnson on the edge. I'm, I'm looking at Alex Johnson getting two or more tries. That's paying $8.50 uh, on Bet365 at the moment. And if you want to be a little yeah, bit more saucy, Latrell is at thirteen dollars for two or more tries on his comeback. Yeah, on that man, Latrell's going to be huge for them. Like we obviously saw South struggle um, against the Broncos uh, in in their loss, but I think it's things obviously change when Latrell comes, no matter who he plays with. But I think it's just going to take a lot of the pressure off Cody Walker. I think it was too much pressure. It was easy to shut down we didn't really see there was no creativity coming from anywhere else um so i think once you have latrell coming in uh, obviously playing on both sides cody walker playing on both sides it's going to be interesting to see how um yeah how teams are going to come up against the, the weapon of latrell mitchell um, and i think it will be a, you're going to be able to see Cody Walker open up a little bit because maybe they both play on the same side. Maybe you're going to see them split, so defenses need to keep their eye on on both sides of the field. It's it's going to open things up a lot more for for the Rabbitohs, um, and I don't think we'll see that sort of complacent off 
offense that that we saw in round one, um, and especially attacking the yeah the right side. Man, I, th- I think you're absolutely onto something there. It's really really interesting. You got Jennings out now. You have a second string winger trying to hold the line there against Alex Johnson, and then with Latrell and Cody on his inside, and they, they could be in some big trouble. Um, big big trouble. Mate, during this week? Uh, stat lines, um, pretty much that's what I was looking at. Um, we got a fair bit of uh, information from our, our models coming in after just one week, but um, we're, we're pushing that into data that we've collated from last year, uh, scores and margins and totals. And there's a few things that popped up to me, which are pretty interesting. Uh, kick it off with uh, a game that you've spoken about, the Knights and the Tigers. So one of our models is saying uh, Knights should win by two and a half. Another one's saying the Tigers should win by, by a half. Uh, you have Bet365 giving seven and a half points to the Tigers. So Knights are... A pretty pretty good favourites uh, as it is today. I think this is a bit of anomaly. I I don't know why the numbers are like this. What it is that's giving giving this read out and the topsy turvy, and then having the betting uh, number so far away from what our models are, considering the rest are pretty pretty spot on. I had a look at you know the history of these teams. Uh, they've split the last four games, so both have won one at home and one away. But the Tigers have won the last two and then the last four of six, but it's over quite a long period. Um, yeah, so the last win by the Tigers in 2021, they won by four points. Uh, and, the, and Newcastle won back in 2021 by 40 points. So I don't know what's affecting this, this game, but it's a, an interesting anomaly. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, it's obviously... The effects of the Knights shutting out the Roosters like they did, um, but it is still quite a big margin when you think both of these teams, where they started uh, in, at, at the start of the year, when you when you're looking at their power rankings and even where teams ranked on the, on all the betting sites, um, both teams are, were quite low. So giving sort of seven and a half seems like a pretty, I don't know, it seems like a pretty big spread, um, and like the Knights. The Knights did well. They had a lot of they had a lot of possession, um, and they like a, a, against the Roosters, but they weren't super efficient um, with their chances either. Uh, if we're looking at the at, at the try efficiency stat that I discussed earlier, the average was sixteen and a half percent try red zone try efficiency. They were sitting below that at only twelve. Um, so they had 33 chances, uh, 33 tackles in their red zone and scored four tries, but um, which gives which is is quite low against everybody else in the league. So I, I don't really see what we can look at the Tigers, but the Tigers are also quite low, sitting at 8.33. So there's I don't think a lot of points there. Um, and if there's not a lot of points in the game, then maybe you're not looking at, a, at quite a large spread either. So it could be something to to look at. It's a, it's an interesting line, at least to to maybe I don't know, think about. Yeah, and I think I, if you, if you're going just plainly off our models, then you'd you'd take the Tigers to cover the spread if you're a Tigers fan here. Um, but I'm neither nor, so I'm leaving that one well alone. We yeah, me too, man. <laughs> we got a bit of a, a pop up here as well on the Titans and Warriors. So, and we're looking at the total here. So, one of the last seven games of, between the Titans and the Warriors has gone over the total that's there for this week. So, we've got forty-seven and a half laying on sportsbet.com.au right now for this game, and it's the highest of the round. So, they're expecting a big number here. But as I said, only one game of the last seven between these two teams has gone over 47 and a half, and that game only went to 48. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking that there it, it could be some value here betting the under. Uh, hmm. The Warriors 
lost Sean Johnson. Uh, Chanel Harris Davidez moving from full back back into the halves. Ash Taylor coming in. Reese Walsh back in. There could be this rejig that could it could spark them, but it could also mean that it's hard for them to to score points first time around. What are your feelings? Yeah, man. I, like I've been looking obviously into the Titans a little bit, and it's it's a similar story there. You've got AJ Brimson coming back, didn't play the first game of the year, so you've got Will Smith um, moving out um, back in onto the utility role off the bench. So it's AJ Brimson's first game of the year. You've got. The new combination that we've talked about in previous pods there about Sexton and uh, Campbell um, and and how all that's going to go. So if last weekend is anything to go by and you're looking at all these new combinations in in the teams, I think it, everything's pointing to the under here. I think it's a that's really key. It seems to be quite a high total as well at forty seven and a half for two teams that might be struggling to score points um so yeah i'm i'm it's a very interesting i I think we're we've both been looking hard at that and and looking at tipping the under there and it's gonna it's the the early saturday game um and i have no basis for this idea but i want to believe that it's hard to score a lot of points in that early slot on a Saturday because you're a little bit lethargic. Um, you know, you've got to get up early to get in, in the game mode. And I've actually no scientific basis for that. I'm going to find that stuff out for next week, have a bit more information on, on when games are played. But I have a feeling and let's run with it. <laughs> yeah, why not? It, it, sound, it sounds legit to me, mate. <laughs> Uh, and one thing just to talk about on the Storm as well, they, they're on the shortest turnaround this week. So they're on a five-dayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played uh, Saturday night, I believe, and now they're, they're turning up on Thursday night. Um, could also play a part in the South's uh, left-edge attack, getting a bit of uh, a heads-up over the, the right defence. Yeah, definitely. They don't have a lot of time to get that combination set, especially in defense. Exactly. Um, moving along, the models are saying that the Panthers uh, should be winning by more than 20 points. Bet365 have them at the moment uh, giving 10.5 to mm-hmm. St. George. Uh, but both of our current models are saying 20, 22 and 23. So... Uh, we have an average margin of the the past few games between these teams of fourteen and a half, so you could get some value here on a uh, thirteen plus, or if you want to break through the uh, the key number of let me see where I have that written the key number of uh, thirteen and fourteen at seven point six percent, which is pretty high for that that area uh the next uh we're looking at set per seven and eight are up at nine percent but otherwise 13 and 14 is the biggest number uh that's in two digits so it's a pretty key number and you get a bit of value if you're pushing through that uh for a, a alternative total mm-hmm. um oh, sorry an alternative handicap so if you're looking at Giving uh, fourteen and a half to the Panth- uh, minus fourteen and a half Panthers, you're getting two twenty nine on sports, but uh, bet three six five. So it could be a bit a bit of value there if you believe that the the Panthers will not only cover the spread but move up towards our our models of twenty two and twenty three. Yeah, man, I think I think that's the way to go. Um... I've definitely been looking at the keeping it simple, playing it safe, and just looking at the spread. But if you're trying to push for a little bit more value, and you need to pick up your kitty from last week and uh, chasing a, a little bit of extra cash, a little bit higher odds, then I think you should definitely be looking into yeah, the higher the higher margin there. 
we're seeing pretty similar movement or movement i probably wouldn't call it but differences in both the eels and the raiders so we have a bit of differing between our two models on the eels we have have them have them winning but we have six and a half and eight and a half points whereas the the spread at the moment is two and a half to the eels so and that's paying two dollars at minus two and a half at the moment on bet 365 so if you feel confident the eels can continue their their form they're scoring points and the sharks are still trying to get their their stuff together you know that that's that's a whole try or a converted try from what we're getting at the moment to what the model is saying and it's given you two dollars there so could be some some good value there uh parameter of one three of the last four two in a row uh and by a, an average margin of 14 and a half points so but something to remember is two of the last seven games have been decided by two points but otherwise all over 10. so if you feel that there is a bit of value there you know that the numbers are pointing to the eels probably will win by a margin greater than two and a half then you're getting good good money on that the raiders as well minus four and a half uh we we're getting eight and a half and ten and a half on our models uh, they're also paying two dollars on bet 365 at the moment for minus four and a half um here is an interesting stat that the away team have won three of the past four games between the cowboys and the raiders so the raiders wow. are the away team this weekend heading up to north queensland um and the average margin here has been seven uh but but again the last two games decided by two points so there's a bit of a bit of uh topsy-turvy here the raiders have uh lost their their young halfback uh so matt frawley's in and still xavier savage on the reserves list so interesting very interesting it's a tough game and it like really shows even those games that you're talking about it's been really there's nothing that gives us anything super <laughs> super solid um that you're definitely going in 100 percent confident um obviously yeah with the results and then also with the models and it's been it's been tough pickings this week already in the first round but after I, the first round i've almost talked myself into the eels there i think i'm going to have a little bit of a dabble on <laughs> on them uh and possibly even the panthers 13 plus or i, I like i like pushing through the 14 that, and getting that value there so i'm going to sprinkle some love on that as well Look out. Look out. Okay, but man, if we're looking forward to what we think um, we should be doing, what we're going to be hanging our hat on this week, uh, I'm I'm definitely going to hold with the Panthers. Um, I'm looking at, I think I'm just going to stick with the minus 10 and a half. Um, taking, I'm maybe a little bit more careful than what you are. Um, I think getting a dollar ninety at minus ten and a half, we're trying to slowly build up our kitty. That's what I'm certainly focusing on this week. They're going to overpower the dragons in the middle, and they're going to dominate again. I think it's good, easy money there. Um, and I'm also, yeah, been looking into the the Titans Warriors and thinking that total is way too high. So I'm sure that you're with me on that. Yeah, mate, definitely. I think. Um some pretty solid bets there i'm gonna hang my hat on aj two or more tries at 850. i think uh you know everything's pointing there's so many numbers and stuff pointing to alex johnson getting those two tries down the, the left hand side attack um so I'm, I'm gonna hang my hat on that baby this weekend mate yeah, nice. And is there anything you're feeling about the Bulldogs and Broncos, mate? Or if you're backed out on that? I think the, the under here is uh, nothing to hang your hat on, but a, another sprinkle here possibly. Um, the under here, and I've, I've seen some other on some Twitter accounts, some people talking about this as well. Um, 
under 42 and a half, quite a low total compared to the other games this weekend. Um, but only one of the last three and three of the last eight uh, matchups have produced a total over this 42 and a half between these teams. Now we, wow. and you think how they performed this week, also both teams having very, very low, low totals. Yeah. And uh, it's hard because these teams are radically different this year. So, you know, Adam, Adam Reynolds coming into the team for Broncos this weekend will obviously bring uh, some points with him, not only with the goal kicking, but just the general direction around the park. And we know that the Bulldogs for every week, we spoke about last week, you know, Matt Burton and Addo Carr have a lot of points in them. It just needs to be realised. So there is a possibility that this, this game can be turned on its head and there'll be a lot of points. The defensive efforts with both teams aren't crash hot. Uh, in saying that, the Broncos did hold the Rabbitohs to four points last week, but I don't believe it was all to do with their defence. It was probably a lot to do with the Rabbitohs' attack, a little bit a cluster attack. So, you know, going off just the plain numbers, uh, the under here could be a great bet. Uh, I'll, mm. I'm going to sprinkle something on it, but it is. I'm a little bit weary, but it's it's good enough to to have a bit of a taste. Wow, you're really starting to feel these bets on your tongue mm. down at the moment, aren't you, pal? Yes. <laughs> Footy season certainly started. Mate, there's so much going on this week. There's, uh, you know, round two of the NRL, round one of the AFL, the Formula One's back. Tom Brady's signed again for the Bucks. What, oh, what's that's happening? Outrageous. I didn't believe you when you sent me that text. I thought, that's got to be bullshit. Um, <laughs> crazy! I can't believe it. I didn't. I really didn't expect expect that to happen. There was even talk that he was might be possibly going to his childhood team of the Forty Niners. I was like, no, this is all just crap. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he comes out of retirement already. It's a very like it's interesting, man. Like it must be so tough where your whole life you've it's all he's done since he was born to what now he's forty six, I think. You're like, might be 44, but you're just like, it must be so hard to just let it go. Yeah, 44, 45. He spent spent two weeks with his beautiful wife and kids and and he's had enough and goes back to the football field. (laughs) Got to go back to work. I've had enough of the family. Too much kissing on the lips. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's gonna. I mean that that um. There's been a quite a quite a bit of movement in the NFL, especially around quarterbacks, and um. Yeah. Uh, this is the latest. The latest chapter in the book. It's gonna be a fantastic season coming up, but um. Yeah. Big old. Yeah, you're getting close with in, in, to the um NBA and NHL finals now too. Starting to work into the last part of the season. It's been. It's, it's been a lot of action, a lot of, yeah, also a lot of storylines there. Um, I think the NBA is going to be, it's going to be a cracking final series or even a cracking last few weeks of the or last few months of the season. Yeah, the the Brooklyn-Philly um, game was pretty hectic the other day with Ben Simmons coming back into the arena at Philly getting booed and then uh, the crowd also booing their own team because they got absolutely caned by Brooklyn. Um, You know, if that, if that ends up being a first round matchup, Oh, I don't know. I have to have to stay awake to watch it. Yeah. Do you think Simmons is going to be a feature? Oh, definitely. He'll, I mean, they need him to play uh, and, and soon uh, so they can start working on these, um, uh, not matchups, the the connections in the in their own team. You know, they yeah. he's a, he's an all star. He's a, one of one of the greatest you know, defensive players in the NBA at the moment, and they need him on the team to to shut down some opposing stars. So, I, I think it's in in the Nets' best interest that he's up and running as soon as possible. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to be very positive. There's still. A lot of a lot of sites. There was a bit of speculation that he was going to come back within a month, and now it sort of still feels like that um, he's still a little while away. Um, 
But I don't know. As long as he's prepped, they might just keep him in in their back pocket until the finals and unleash him. Then all of a sudden he'll come out and uh, and dominate. But I hope so. It's a bit of a shame what's happened this year. I think it's a yeah, it's horrible that it gets to this in professional sports. He's a basketball player. He should just be playing basketball. Yeah, but it it means that we can bet and find some good line avenues. I I hit uh, some two nice ones earlier this. Oh, sorry, over the weekend, uh, including the Nets. I had the Knicks and the Nets hitting the under. I bet that I think live after, during the first quarter, and uh, hit home. And then good old Evita Zubak on my hometown Clippers. Over twenty two and a half rebounds and points, and he just mastered the Detroit Pistons. So it's fun to finally get a bit of winning flavor on these uh, NBA games. Yeah, I I don't know. I had a bit of a miserable weekend, really, <laughs> with, with, with betting overall. Besides our besides our account, but I don't know. I was looking. Uh, I lost a bit of cash on DeRosa. Um, yeah, in the Bulls, I had him going over 46 and a half, um, 46 and a half rebounds, assists, and points against the Cavs, um, and he didn't even get close. I think he, I think he hit like thirty two or something. So um, yeah, that drained me a little bit. And the Bulls have been my team this year. Every time I bet on the Bulls, they usually they usually get me through, but. Um, not not this time. I won a little bit of money on the Suns, um, but but then uh, doubled that. <laughs> oh, it made it made it disappear betting on betting on Memphis. So I don't know. I had a tough weekend, but the, uh, overall, I think the NBA NBA has been good. It's been pretty consistent. If you really focus on the stats and look at the trends, and especially with players coming in and out, uh, they've had a lot of movement with COVID. It's it's been pretty good picking if you can just get on that right side of a good stat line. Yeah, mate, it is. Um, sorry, I tuned out a little bit in the end. I was just looking up some um, some snap, snap, some quick facts about the uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix. I was about to ask you if you have any any early early tips for um, for a good bet for the weekend. I haven't I haven't looked into it really to be honest with you but just off my uh, I don't know thinking with my going to say Mog Schensler in in Swedish but I don't know gut feeling yeah my gut feeling um, it's a big feeling I I think yeah it's a big it's a big boy it's getting bigger <laughs> but I I think Lewis Hamilton's going to come out and and dominate the first race um just to stick it up red bull um so i think he's going to be really focused it, it seems when he has a bit of a adversity lewis he always comes out and makes a statement um, straight after so i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he just comes out and dominates if the mercedes is there yeah, clears all the um what do you say? If it clears all the all the the guidelines and all the regulations, regulations, um, because they had a little bit of trouble with that. There's a lot of lot of talk as usual in the paddock um, with different teams using different tactics and bending the rules as they do. So, but I think if the car's good, I think Lewis will dominate this week. So we've got Lewis at three twenty-five to win the race. Uh, that's in actually second. So Max Verstappen at three dollars to win. Uh, Must be in a long time when Lewis hasn't started the first race as favourite. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Uh, quickest qualifying lap: Verstappen two thirty-seven, Hamilton three seventy-five. One little bit of value I'm thinking here is uh, podium: George Russell. Three dollars to get on the podium. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. I hope he pushes Hamilton. Uh, I think it'll take a while until he uh, starts getting consistent results. I think once you move into a new car and it's that quick, I think he's going to have some adjustments. He might be able to put a good qualifying lap or a good race together here and there, but I think 
you, you usually have small teething problems uh, the first the first few rounds. So, but I think he man, I think he he's going to be great there, and he's definitely going to take over the reins once Lewis decides to to leave the sport, which you just never know when that's going to happen. Tom Brady, man, never never leave. Leave yeah. and come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I just Still put a race him when he's when he's fifty. Yeah, exactly. Giving it to the kids. I just put on uh, a little a little sprinkle on George Russell to uh, get on the podium. So that's that's on. All right. Wow, you're brave, man. You're brave. You're very confident tonight. I'm impressed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's easy to be confident before anything happens. <laughs> Before you lose your money. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Oh, mate, another episode over. Yeah. Well done. It's well been fun. Done. Yeah. And for all you out there listening, don't forget to follow us on the socials, uh, the Sport Cap on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. Do we have a Facebook page? jump on and... Yeah, we have a Facebook page, but it's yeah, I've under construction. A couple of updates. Yeah, no, it's it's done. It's constructed. It just needs a little bit of a little bit more love. But obviously our main focus has been on Insta and on Twitter. And yeah, feel free to give us a a little bit of cheap talk on Twitter and say what you think about our bets or or our comments. Um, it's all it's all fun and games. It keeps us occupied early in the morning when we wake up watching watching the, the footy games here in Sweden. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Posse. Ciao, baby. Oh.